Good, good evening, everybody. This is Bubba's Bodyguard Podcast. I have the lovely Persia Monir with me. Uh, Persia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Congratulations on uh, your new podcast. I wish you a bunch of luck with that. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And um, can you just kind of, uh, you know, touch on like your upbringing and, uh, you know, just kind of growing up what it was like for you? Oh, well, that's that's uh, huge. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I I grew up. My father was from Iran mm-hmm. uh, and he immigrated over here in the 50s, in the early 50s and was a chemist. And my mother was from Oklahoma. She uh, uh, they met at a spaghetti dinner. You know, it was just it was kind of a blind date thing. And uh, it was unusual because mixed cultures really didn't marry uh, back then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was there were some little cultural things they you know, that they had to deal with um, because he was Muslim at the time. And, you know, she grew up in the Methodist church. So but I don't know, um, you know, Americans back then, everyone kind of did the same thing. You know, there wasn't there wasn't much for TV shows. And so mm-hmm. it was very family oriented. We hung out mostly with my mother's family. And, you know, we had Sunday dinners and, you know, we just we were just normal kids playing in the yard. And mom stayed at home. Um, a lot of women back then did secretarial work and things like that. So I don't know. It was probably it was pretty normal uh, upper middle class. My father got a really good job when he was 34. You know, and so, you know, we, I grew up on a lake in, in like a perfect neighborhood with a bunch of kids. And I, I'm actually still in touch with uh, a lot of childhood friends because of mm-hmm. Facebook. And uh, right. So, you know, I, actually two girls that I've known, actually three girls since I was 10 years old, we still talk on the phone on a regular basis. So that's pretty unusual, you know. Right. Absolutely. And I and, find people mm-hmm. that in, in my childhood, because in my adult years, I've had... um. And it seems like the older I get, if if women find out that I was a porn star mm-hmm. or that right. I, I get a lot of rejection. So mm-hmm. I find it unusual, but I find that, you know, people that knew me at a younger age, they have a lot more acceptance. And I'm, I'm still amazed how many people um, label people in society mm-hmm. for things right. they do. People, there, there's still a lot of people that are really stuck. Absolutely. And what, what is what is your advice or encouragement for anyone that may be in a profession where they get like a lot of, um, you know, either backlash or just negativity? What's your advice to them? Oh, I, I tell anyone that gets into anything to follow their mm-hmm. gut and their heart. I really resisted getting into the mm-hmm. industry, right. but I had I had so much family dysfunction and betrayal and people around me. But but I you know what? I'm a I am a different cat. I've, mm-hmm. I've never really cared what society thinks, but there, there's definitely consequences to, to anything you do. So I would just tell anyone, if you're going to get into something, you better, you better weigh those, those pros and cons before you jump into anything. But, but like I said, I was, I was born to do what I, you know, it's very natural. Right. I'm, I've got, I've got pretty tough skin. And, and, and I do when like, if I find myself surrounded in a situation where people are really unfriendly or abusive, I just get away from it. I, I don't need that. <laughs> right. Oh. Of course. You know, yeah. uh, you know, you deserve to always be treated like a woman and, and um, you know, of, of the utmost, you know, queen that you are. You know, you deserve, uh, you know, a high level of respect. And, you know, I think all, I think all, all people do. I, you know? Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and, and all females, you know, and, um, 
you know, just people in general, that if we just respect ourselves and respect others and at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's somebody else's profession. So really it's the person it's none of their business, what they do, you know? So, uh, and you know, just everybody just, you know, respect everyone in, in, in the human aspect and their, and their work, you know, you don't, it doesn't mean you have to do it. You just, you know, just, it just means you don't have to talk bad about somebody, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on here that you were in the medical field. Um, you know, how did you come about get into, get into nursing? Um, and, and, you know, how, like, just kind of describe that for us, like, you know. Okay. Well, it's, it's kind of in my DNA. I mean, my my father's a doctor, so I have that medical gene and I Mm -hmm. wish I had gone, uh, medical school but you know I'm also from the generation where our parents were like we want you to do what we want you to do and everybody back then you know it's you need to go to college you need to get a degree you need to do this and honestly one of my sisters and I really had an affinity for acting Mm -hmm. and for drama and the theater and I was a dancer and she was an amazing actress and you know, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I had just grabbed her up when I was like sixteen, because I got an offer to dance in Vegas at a very at a at fifteen. Wow! And of course, my parents didn't want me to be a showgirl, mm-hmm. but my sister and I, we both should have been in Hollywood at a very young age. And you know what? That's just not the way the the chips fell. That's just right. not now. And you know, she she got into banking and hated it and got out and ended up doing something else, but. You know, we just, that's just the way society was then. So most people our age did what our parents wanted us to do and, and, and did something that, you know, society approved of and looked good. And so, and I loved, I have to tell you, I loved my nursing career. I did. I loved mm-hmm. it. Um, but my heart broke that, that I didn't stay in dancing and ballet and stuff like that. It really did break my heart because I loved being on the stage and I was very active. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so then I, I did get, I did get out of nursing. I got HIV was uh, prolific mm-hmm. and, you know, it wasn't on the news like this pandemic is now, Right. but you know, it, it was a big deal in the, the medical field. You know, you had to, you had to wear gloves all the time. You had to wear masks. You had to treat everyone like they had HIV mm-hmm. unless you were just doing an interview across the room. So, I, you know, I got to experience that. And, and I, got, I got tired of being around germs. And I, I topped out with my salary. And I figured I could only make about 60000 a year. And that mm-hmm. wasn't – I wanted a, a better lifestyle. So then that's when I, I started stripping. I started mm-hmm. stripping. And then I got into porn after that. I got into porn late. I didn't – I really didn't want to do it. I didn't want to put myself out there like that, but I guess I'm glad I did. I, I mean, it's been good to me, and, you know, I still have a website that makes money and that I don't work very hard at. Right. Uh, because because we're all stuck at home right now, I am uh, shooting a little series um, called Horny and Lonely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm doing that for my website this week. You know, my website, I've had it since – 19, I guess I bought the domain in 94, but it's actually been active, really active since 1999. And it's mm-hmm. com, And I, I still have that domain. Um, I do have a lot of copycats out there that steal mm-hmm. my content. And there's, gosh, there's people all over the world that try to pose as me and they build websites and they try to be me. 
Wow. Um, and and you, well, it sucks, you know, when you right, get your, right. when you know when you get your intellectual property stolen. But it, it happens to anyone that puts themselves on the internet. That's one of the consequences of of being in the industry, and that's why uh, a lot of stars aren't active anymore. They're just like, I I don't I don't need it. I mean, you know, the good days are gone with that. Right. You know, and until that's under control, whether it ever will be, I doubt it. But, there, you know, there are other things to do. And I have a very good webmaster, a very good group of people working for me now. So, you know, if I put a, some new content out there, maybe they can protect it for me. You know, we'll see. Absolutely. And, and I hope they can. Um, I think know, they can, too. Right. Right. Uh, I believe so, too. I think I think, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And, well, they make uh, money off mm-hmm. of it. So, right, absolutely. You know, you, you want people to work for you to to get a piece of the pie too. So as long as they're they're making money, then they're going to be motivated to help you. You know, uh, absolutely, one hundred percent. And um, we'll kind of touch on you know you have a love for golfing. Um, you know, anyone that follows you on Twitter, they see you know that, uh, or just any social media, they see you know you, that your love for golf and kind of how did that develop? And um, you know, you know, just kind of touch on that for us. Yeah, I never in intended on playing that game I got Mm -hmm. married right out of high school and my ex and I were both very athletic we used to run together and do stuff and he wanted to take the game up and I was actually working with the nurse that I bought her club she was gonna quit and they were really cheap clubs I didn't I so anyway I got into it and I just I loved it and I thought that if you were gonna play golf that you enter tournaments and I had no clue about the game anyway I've I've been a golf bum for like over 40 years now. I kind of work, always work to support that habit because it's a very expensive game and mm-hmm. I still love it. And uh, actually I didn't, I didn't really play much at all last year and I'm just now getting back into it. And I, I played up until like a week ago and then this virus and it's like, Oh my God. Cause it's, it's golfing season now. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but what are you going to do? This is a, uh, the most unusual thing our nation, you know, that we've experienced, I guess it's every hundred years, you're going to get some kind of um, plague or something that happens. These things, history repeats itself once again. Absolutely. And um, what what is your advice? Um, You know, we we touched on it, uh, you know, with your work in the medical field, what is your uh, advice out there to first responders and medical field workers and doctors and nurses? Like what is your message to them at this time? Well, I feel, I feel horrible Mm -hmm. for the people on, on the front lines because this is, a pandemic and it's it's highly contagious but it's it's similar to hiv this mm-hmm. this virus is very much a wimp outside of the body it's surrounded by a fat molecule which reacts to soap so i think people should just wash their hands all the time i think people walking around i think they're a little over the top but mm-hmm. i don't blame them you know and and they don't have like the immune system that i have right um especially you know black people are very prone to this virus and i think a lot of that has to do with um with the way they're built and their dna you know maybe because of nutrition over the centuries they they haven't uh, been exposed to the same types of foods that that other ethnic races are which mm-hmm. built up their immune systems you know they they tend to have high blood pressure and diabetes so they're not as uh their their DNA isn't it, and the immune systems just aren't as strong, and so they're very susceptible to that. So, you know, and if you're uh, if you're compromised, I would definitely mm-hmm. wear a mask and gloves. But these people that are out there wearing gloves, they're 
your your gloves aren't protecting you from the bugs unless you're you're using hand sanitizer or washing those gloves. Right. Absolutely. You know, I worked in the hospital with like a full blown AIDS patient and I would have five pairs of gloves on working with them, wash the gloves, maybe rip off the gloves and have another pair on while I was doing care for for that AIDS patient. Mm -hmm. You know, but just to walk around with a pair of gloves and keep touching everything, you might as well be doing it with your hands. Absolutely. It just defeats, <laughs> it just defeats the purpose, right? Right. So carry, carry your Clorox wipes or your hand sanitizer and just sanitize when you're out in public. Um, you, you know, it, now it's a different thing if you're flying on an airplane because mm -hmm. airplanes are full of germs. So I would definitely wear a mask and gloves if I was flying on a plane. Right. And, and throw it away when I got off. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't reuse that mask again. And, and then, like I said, everyone, I, I wrote the president, I said, everyone should be washing their hands mm -hmm. like this anyway in, in right. normal life, you know, so it just, you know, it's a lesson to be learned. Um, but I, I want to see the economy get back. I, because right. this, this is just not a one size fits all thing. There, there's a lot of healthy people out there and to shut down the economy uh, is going to be a much bigger nightmare for us in the long run. You're talking about people starving to death. And Americans don't know how to starve. The Europeans know how to starve, mm -hmm. but we don't. Right. We don't, we don't, we have a capitalist society and it's not socialism and it's not communism. And, you know, we, and we don't want that in this country. We want to be free. Absolutely. So. Yes. You, you, you know, you, you touched on so many great topics there and, you know, so, so many key, uh, important things. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get back into here. Um, talk, talk to us about, uh, you, you know, you're respectfully at the cougar age, uh, in your life, how are you able to keep in such, uh, you know, great shape and how are you able to have your body looking so amazing? What are some tips that you, that you have for, for ladies out there? Oh, yeah, I, I have good genes. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like most of my life I've eaten pretty healthy. And one reason my, my father was a doctor. He never allowed like potato chips or Cokes or things like that. I worked out all my life. Uh, but I think a lot of it has to do with genetics. And mm -hmm. um, right now I'm married to a wonderful guy, but he really likes to drink wines. So <laughs> right. I, you know, I'm a little thicker than I want to be right now. But, I, you, right. you know, I, I think if you... I don't know, take the right kinds of vitamins that are for you. You know, I, I do take vitamins. I take Cerevital, but I, I, I'm very in tune with my body. Uh, mm -hmm. I love to exercise. And it, I think one of the key things um, to staying young is sleep. Get right. a lot of sleep Absolutely. and drink, drink a lot of water, the right kind of water. You know, drink, drink uh, distilled water, really purified water, you know. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, rest and recovery. I have a, a friend who's a personal trainer. and He told me, he said, above all else, rest and recovery are so important. Like if you don't do that, you're 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 um, you're actually hurting your body more than you're helping it. You know, so you got to get proper rest, proper recovery after workouts and things. That yeah. Nature. You know, because especially if you work out, too, you you release a lot of lactic acid, which kind of poisons. Mm -hmm. You got to flush that stuff out of your uh, thing. But I'm just lucky. I've got really good genetics, you know. And, Absolutely. and I did, yes. I worked out very hard properly at a young age. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I danced semi-professionally from the time I was seven years old until I was 28. Mm -hmm. I did shows and I was on stage. And so, I, you know, I was 
really working out. Like, you know, you see these, um, you know, people on TV, you see all the dancers and the shows, you know, people that, that dance for singers like Britney Spears and stuff. Those people are really dancing. They're, you know, they're, they're right. really working out hard. And, and dancers typically, before they even do a routine, they warm up for a full hour. So they're, these people wow. are really doing some hard cardio and working out hard, you know. So I've had a lot right. of that in my life. So I'm kind of a conditioned athlete in that way. Absolutely. And, you know, throughout your, uh, you know, extensive and, and you know, just really a, um, amazing career you've had in the in the adult entertainment. Who was your favorite person you got an opportunity to work with? You know, you work with so many legendary people and you you yourself are so iconic uh, in your profession. Who was your favorite person, though, that stood out above all others that you just always look forward to working with? Well, I don't have one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I really didn't. You know, I wasn't in it. I mean, honestly, I, I didn't go hardcore until I was 48 years old. So, right. uh, you know, it was it was just a, f- a few years, you know, about about five mm-hmm. years. And I loved um, some photographers that I had. Mario, I can't even think of Mario's last name in L.A. I just liked the right. whole L.A. scene because I lived mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills at a production house. And right. I guess my photographer that passed, Charlie, when he was in his prime, mm-hmm. he was really fun. But it was just the whole group in L.A. and in Sherman Oaks and Hollywood. Everyone was always reaching out. Hey, we're doing this shoot over here. We're doing this shoot in Tarzana. Can you come to Hollywood and do this shoot? Oh, there's a shoot in the valley. And I just I just like how everyone was really connected. And. Right. Uh, of course, my favorite person that I worked with was was my editor, and mm. you know I just stayed in touch with him. He worked for me for ten years. He was awesome. But wow. I I was impressed how when I first got into the adult entertainment business and I started going to these seminars, I could believe how smart these people were, and and so I just wanted to learn and learn more more about it, and you know, and so I got into my website. I actually quit playing golf. I was just, I had to stay on the computer all the time. If I was going to work right. my website and update it, I, I really had to be that hands-on person and, and talk with the people that were working for me, too. So it was it was a fun experience. But there, there wasn't one favorite person. I've met, I've met, you know, some great, like, I loved working with Lexington Steele. Um, uh, I, I just like his personality and the way he produced things. I like. Right. I like the way Naughty America produces because they did. I like to do when I do my scenes. First of all, it's porno, you know. And unless yeah. you're going to right. do an, a movie where you do scene after scene after scene, you're just doing one scene. And and so I like to get my stills and my production done in about an hour. So I like companies like that that work work like I did. I can, I don't like companies that they want to do one scene and drag it out for five hours. It's like, what are we doing here, people? You know, you, right. you kind of, you know, you lose interest and you lose uh, enthusiasm and then then you get on the film and, and you look you look tired and phony, you know, you don't, right, you don't right. look fresh and ready to go. Absolutely. Well, we'll kind of um, we'll get off topic here for just a moment. Uh, recently, I was named uh, an ambassador for bodyguards against bullying. What what is your message, uh, Persia, for, uh, you know, the battle on bullying as, you know, 
as everyone across the nation is, is, you know, trying to do their part and across the road to, to try to put an end to it. What is, what is your message and encouragement uh, on bullying? Mm, bullying. Um, I would say run away, run away, live to play another day. Um, you know, uh, I have a very gorgeous son and mm-hmm. he, he used to model and, right. and he had really long eyelashes and stuff. And, uh, he used to come home from school and he goes, Mom, you know I'm not gay. You know I'm not gay. You know, people, you know, <laughs> kids, it, you know, it's going to happen. So, right. you know, unless you're ready to just punch someone in the nose and really confront them. You know, I had people, I've always been dark complected. And um, I, I just, I, I couldn't believe people because they didn't, couldn't figure out if I was an American Indian. There were, there, there were no really mixed up races. People were very separate then and very, right. very segregated. But, you know, people used to come up and use the N word and ask me. And I thought, wow, they're so stupid. How could right. I just thought, God, they're just so ignorant. But if someone's really getting pushed around and everything, I mean, you know, kids and stuff, you got to go to your mm. parents or you got to, you, you, you you got to get someone to interfere. Otherwise, someone's going to get hurt. There's the, right. Nobody needs to put up with abuse at any age. And I don't know. I, there's so many helicopter parents now. So I think, and, and with the social media, I think people are kind of on top of that. But right, absolutely. kids will be kids. And, um, right. you know, I, you're never going to make those things go away. They're just, they're just going to be there. You know, I, I went to school with a woman. And I, I used to break my heart. She was burned severely at a mm-hmm. carnival. A popcorn machine dropped butter all over her head to toe. Wow. And, I mean, this girl had horrible scarring from her burns. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how mean everybody at school, you know, there was just two or three people. And then other kids didn't want to be excluded. So, so they just, no one ever said anything. But I, I just don't think that kind of behavior is tolerated. Um like it used to be uh absolutely you know you got a little bit different environment with all the social media things going on you know right absolutely and i appreciate you know your your message on that uh we'll get back into things here and uh this will kind of be our our last topic we'll touch on and we'll get ready to wrap things up uh if 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 there was like any obstacle in life or any roadblock where you just felt you couldn't get past and you were able to persevere and get past it what would that be and what's your advice to people that may be, uh, you know, uh, going through some troubles in their life? And what's your encouragement to them? Mm. Uh, well, so my biggest character flaw and problem in my life has been codependency. And mm-hmm. it's from being in a dysfunctional family. And um, I, I think just my nature, because I, like naturally I'm a nurse and a caretaker and it's just part of my personality. And so I right. just think like especially women i think there's codependent men out there too for sure that get in relationships and they can't handle it when someone like breaks up with them and they don't mm-hmm. know they they just can't get over it and they right i don't know get whatever books go to therapy they need to talk to someone professionally rather than bend their friends ears off you know <laughs> it's, right it's like <laughs> get over it already you know, right. Absolutely. So it's so that's, true. That's you know, something right. I suffered through like uh, three too many times that you got to move on. You got to you got to you got to love yourself. You right. got to love yourself. And the only way to love yourself is to get to know yourself and really 
but but the people that are codependent really need professional help. So. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, again, thank you so much, you know, for your time. And um, in this last moment here, Persia, I'll just kind of hand it over to you. If there was anything we didn't get to touch on, uh, any last words of encouragement, uh, anything else that's, that's heavily on your mind today, if, if you just want to take a moment here and just, uh, you know, touch on that and then we'll, we'll wrap things up. Oh, I just think that everyone's an individual and they all matter. And I think whoever you touch in your life, even on a daily basis, you're, you're making a difference. Everyone makes a difference. Now, no matter Absolutely. how little it is. And, and I do want to plug my book. It's on Amazon. Yes. And it's, it's kind of an autobiography. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was kind of written in fun, and then my friends read it and told me to expand on it, so I did. And it's, it's called The Book of Johns. Okay. And it's on Amazon, and it's on Kindle, too. It's by my stage name, Persia Monir. So that's okay. it. All right. Perfect. And, you know, again, thank you so much for your time and, uh, you, you know, your knowledge and insight and, you know, your words of encouragement. And, uh, you know, I, I just wish you to be safe during this time and, you know, and stay healthy. Okay. You too, Baba. 